Welcome, everyone, to the Fly Guys podcast. Justin Goodart alongside Cameron Klein in the loft of the FGP studios here in Newtown, Pennsylvania. Yes, 18940, baby. Cameron Klein wearing his first and only apparel, piece of apparel that he has. Oh, it's not your only one. Not only, no. But it was your first one. It was my first one. The first piece of Philadelphia 76ers apparel that he ever acquired. And let me tell you something, Cameron. It is a beautiful blue, red 76ers coloring on it. It's just a classic look. It's a classic, yeah. It's, There's not a whole lot to it. It's a blue sweatshirt. It says 76er basketball. It's, it's the simplicity the, that I appreciate. Me too. That's what I like. And it's it was a gift from my brother when he learned I was commentating basketball in college. He was like, if you're getting into it, get into it. You got to get into it. Uh, it also has like the, the hood collar thing. Absolutely. I'm a fan of that. Now, see, I I'm used a big to, fan. I used to not be a fan of that. Me because neither. I thought I thought it, like, you know, it rubbed up too much against like my chin mm-hmm. or something like that. I didn't really like the feeling. But now I'm just like, you know, it's... That's how I want to look. I can tuck my chin in. You know, exactly. It's great. If you have no chin, it's a great way to hide your no chin look. It is. And you, like and, the, the, you and I, we at least have chin. Yours is a bit more stronger than mine. No, we, but, but yeah. yeah. We're both two solid chin men. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, not every hoodie needs to have this. But still, yeah, so it's nice. But no, I do. I mean, I, come on. I have a Joel B jersey, man. Come on. You do have a – that's right. Yeah. I forgot you have an Embiid jersey. On, on, um, my okay, collection – right now my Sixers jersey yes. collection is standing at 1996 Allen Iverson nice. jersey and then a 2001 Allen Iverson yeah. jersey. Uh, soon adding to that, mm. I've been eyeing one up for a little while. We just got it in the uh, in the store. Oh, what? It is not a James Harden jersey before anyone asks. Okay. But Could, do you want to get to take a guess? Is it a Spectrum jersey? Because I'm on it, a hunt. It is not a Spectrum yeah, jersey. Yeah, I can't find them anywhere. No, they're pretty much all gone right now. Yeah. They'll reload at some point. But it is a 1978 oh, Dr. J jersey just Damn. hanging up. It's just hanging up, and I, it's been beckoning to me. Tomorrow's payday. It, just one? Well, there's more than one, obviously. Okay, okay, but, okay, okay. But there's at least one left in a size large, and that's what I Right, that you're, that you're, yeah. So, and, you know, I gave I gave my boss, Tom. Yeah. Um, that's a good jersey to have. Dude. Oh, yeah. I got, got a Dr. J. Oof. Damn. I got one for my brother Grant for Christmas, and he was like, he's "Yes, like, he's like nice." I do remember that because yeah. you got your brother. Oh my! You, I mean, you had a, you had me beat on this one. Vintage Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan. That was that was just clean. That was just Dude, the cleanest look I've ever it was, seen. It was yeah, it was a ninety six, ninety seven uh, championship. Oh my jersey. god! Yeah, it's it was yeah, it was hard to buy for him honestly because like you kind of wanted it. it. Yeah. yeah, like when I first took that out, when I was going to wrap it up and shit, I was just like. You don't have to do oh it. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> dude, I was like, I... Uh. How did he react to it? Oh, he loved it. He loved I bet. It. it was like a genuine love, dude. Because, like, me and my brother are both kind of similar in personality-wise. When we get a gift, right, we have the, like, um, that we do actually like it. But we do know that we have the pressure of somebody looking at us as we like it. So we that added pressure kind of takes away from our actual enjoyment of the gift. And so we kind of have to do this weird thing of just like, it's great, but you're kind of acting, even though you're not acting. This was not acting. This was not acting. Yeah, exactly. And I like, love that. I feel like me and him, because we're, we're both you know brothers and we just understand each other better than anybody else does, just by seeing him. More than mom like, and dad could ever. Oh, yeah. That's how I am with my me brother. Me and my brother, when we talk and we like reference things, my parents, they honestly have multiple times have said to each other in the same room, in the same car, being like, what the hell are they talking about? That's, you, you how, that's how you know. It. You're old. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll tell you what the Flyers haven't been getting a lot lately. Yeah. See, I was going to say the same thing. I had the same transition in mind. Yeah. Wins. They're not getting a lot of wins, certainly. They but did get one. On Saturday, they actually did something they have not done in a long time. One, they won a game, which hasn't happened in a long time. But more importantly, they actually protected a lead going into the third yeah. period and then held a team scoreless in that third period, upending the Washington Capitals. Now, Which is more uh, impressive, I would argue. Now, I know what everyone hearing this is saying. It goes... You know, this coming out, this is not the most recent game that's happened on the schedule. Why aren't you talking about what happened against the Edmonton Oilers? And we will. We, we will talk about it. I mean, really, there's not, for as much as there's not enough to say about the Flyers win against the Capitals, there's not as much to say about their loss against the Edmonton Oilers. What do you want me to say? They got shut out. Yeah. Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid are amazing players, and they killed the Flyers all night. Carter Hart is getting no help. He's a good goalie, though. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing more I can say about that loss in the same way that this was just an uninspiring win, I thought, over the Capitals. It was just kind of like a, this would be cool if we had about 18 more wins on our record. Yeah, it didn't mean anything. No. Like, that, that, was, that was pretty much it. If um, anything, if you're a fan of tanking, you're not happy that they beat <laughs> the Washington Capitals. Yeah, like, my thing is, like, what I don't care, care for in the tanking thing was with, with um, the fact that it's hockey, like, the, the, the draft lottery. So, it's just like... Tanking, being the worst team is not going to guarantee the first not pick. Nece- so, like, you know, yeah, well, whatever. True, they're still going to finish out bottom 
five, probably. But what so. I will say is that they do have a chance at the number one overall pick, and maybe the hockey gods will smile upon us. But I'll also say that, you know, it's the same way in the NBA. You know, it's, it's yeah. not guaranteed you're going to get the number one overall pick. It just simply greatens your, you know, or greatens, that's not a word. It improves your chances of getting the number one overall pick. And for the 76ers, they missed out on it for a few years until finally landing it in 2016 where they able to draft, you know, generational talent, a guy that's led us to many titles, Ben Simmons. Well, <laughs> um, we're not here to talk about that. No. What we are here to talk about is, you know, kind of how the game went. It was, yes. you know, a good period of, for the first period for the Flyers. They were able to get two goals early on. Um, they were able to kind of hold the the Capitals at bay. And did you know that TJ Oshie's only scored six goals this season? I did not. No. So No, I have not. Now, I haven't watched many Capitals games. No. Is he just getting old? Is it is just father time catching up with him, or has he been injured? Like, I'm not exactly um, sure what's been going on with him. I, dude, honestly, I have not watched a lot of Capital games either, to be completely honest with you, so I'm not sure. It's hard to watch Flyers games, no less watching that's, the rivals thrive. That's what thrive. I'm saying. It's, it's really difficult. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how old he is off the top of my head. I know he's relatively uh, – he's got to be close to 30, if not he's over 35. 30. He's 35. He's 35. Yeah, wow. He's way older than I thought he was. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, let's be honest. So, like, even in his prime, like, he was kind of, you know, a 50-point scorer, right? Like – at he, most, maybe now he's he gets been battling injuries. I can't to this article. Yeah, yeah, but again, it, it, well, you also get injured a lot more when you're well, old. Well, what made T.J. Oshie the the Olympics? The, the shootout, the Sochi he, Olympics, the absolutely. Euro Sochi. When he when he they just, the, the American team just get just keep going back out there, T.J. Oh yeah, so Which is one of my favorite rules of Olympic hockey. They're just like just yeah, keep whatever. Up the, just keep I the wish the NHL would do that. Yeah, they're just like whatever. I don't it need this shit. I don't need to. This see. is a circus anyway. Like <laughs> just send them out. I'm sorry. I just don't need to see, you know, Joel Farabee in a shootout. I like Joel Farabee. He's yeah. not a very good shootout player. Give me Claude Giroux. He's got all the handles. He's got right. the moves. Right. Speaking of Claude Giroux. Also, can you imagine, really quick before we go into Claude Giroux, can you imagine, like, the excitement of having a, a Claude Giroux versus, like, Sidney Crosby shootout? Where It'd they're be just awesome. both going back and forth. Like, that kind of idea. Yeah, I don't exactly care to see Ivan Provorov and then Chris Letang. Yeah, like Connor McDavid and Patrick King. Just go back. Oh my, and back oh my and back god, and back. dude! Oh my be god, awesome. that would be be awesome. That would make the shootout good. Yeah, I w- I would actually enjoy. I would say we can keep the shootout if that was the rule. It's already a skills competition, so why not have your guys your best who are the skill best player skills out there? At it? Right. Yeah. You know. So Claude Giroux, he's been mucked and mired in in trade rumors and such a, and such as that, and the expectations yes. that he will no longer be a Philadelphia Flyer within. I don't know, a couple weeks. March 18th is the trade deadline. That's what it's been for, yeah, for a couple months now, really. So it's, it was another crucial update was received on Tuesday. We found out that Claude Giroux has basically said to the Flyers, listen, I would not mind staying for the rest of my career in Philadelphia. He clearly loves it in Philadelphia, and that's awesome. I love hearing that. Uh, he has slowly warmed up to the idea of going to a contender. If he's going to mm. be moved, he doesn't want to be moved to, like, an Ottawa. He doesn't want to go home or anything like that. He wants to go to a team that can win a title this year. He has been linked to the Colorado Avalanche more times than I can count. Um, yeah. But I feel like, Cameron, this is starting to create a cloud over Philadelphia. I feel like this is creating a cloud over the Flyers themselves, and it's not as if they're already without problems. I was just going to say, yeah. Like, I think, yeah. And so my thoughts on this are I just kind of want this to be over. If he's going to be tra- – just, just trade him already. And if you're not going to trade him, just say we're not trading him. He is, our yeah. guy, he is the guy that will be a Flyer for life. I just, yeah. I just feel like this is creating a cloud. Maybe I'm overreacting because the team, the team doesn't stink because of this. But I mean, I'm, I think it's just casting some a lot of uncertainty, and I think it's starting to take a mental toll on him and the fans. I think so too. I think it's definitely, it's definitely taking a mental toll on him. Um, and I think you see that just because of what he, what you just said about him, where he was saying uh, that he would like to finish his career in Philadelphia. Um, just to be clear, he has not asked for a trade. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. it's like clearly. Clearly, it's taking a toll on him. For some reason, I I grew up here. That's yeah. why I love living here. It, it's what I grew up knowing. It's the people that I just uh, attached myself to. That's yeah. it's, We attached our identity. We dug our roots into the sports teams and everything else involved. I in attached my life's happiness to four teams in the city. <laughs> it was a mistake. Yes. Um, so my point is, is like we have a reason for wanting to stay, right? But for like any athlete, I almost... Whenever I look at them, whenever things are going bad, especially if they're out there busting their ass, I'm not talking about like a Ben Simmons type situation where he's not out there busting his ass. And whenever he gets criticized, he just says like, screw you guys, I'm going home like Eric Cartman. But Claude Giroux, like he was out there busting his ass all the time, has been for over a decade. For some reason, that guy loves this city. He and didn't city- grow up here. They, they don't have to, not half, but a small minority that is very vocal 
says that he shouldn't be captain. And I'm sure he doesn't even know that because I'm sure he doesn't pay attention to this bullshit. Well, that's exactly what I was about to bring up is there's been a vocal minority of people that say he's not a a good leader. And yet for some reason, he still wants to stay here. He still feels like he owes something to this city to try to be victorious here. Well, he's not he's not from Canada, Cameron, but he you know, he has raised his family here essentially. You know, he has, you know, two children now, I believe. Well, he's from Canada, he's from Ottawa. Well, he's from no no no, he is from Canada, but I'm saying, you know, he's raised his family here in Philadelphia. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that plays yeah. a special part. It does. Cole it Hamels does. Cole Hamels, the famous pitcher for the Phillies, and he he was from LA. He was you know, he was a you know, his nickname was Hollywood, but yeah. you know, he dug his roots into Philadelphia and when he was traded from Philadelphia to the Texas Rangers in 2015, you know, that mm-hmm. was he said it was very tough for him because, you know, he raised his family here, he won a World Series MVP here, the fans grew to love Cole, and that's definitely happened here with Claude Drew minus the minus championship. The champi- I was just going to say that. I was going to say like you you hit the nail on the head with the family, but not with the championship yeah. and the team's success. But yeah, my point is is just I, I get what you're saying where you want it to be over because I get it. I want it to be over, too. It's just not going to be. The thing is, is that they're going to try to shop to get the best deal that works with him, right? Yeah. And that's going to take even longer. If you're just going to take the best deal, you're going to trade him to wherever. But you're taking into account where he wants to go, what he wants to do. It's going to take even longer. So they're going to try to get – it's a business. The Flyers are a business organization. And they're going to try to get as much back as they possibly can for Claude Giroux. And if they feel – that what they're getting him in return as it offers isn't enough to is isn't more valuable than he is. They're going to keep him, and unfortunately, we're not going to. I know for a fact. We all know for a fact they're going to try until what is what is the, the three the three p.m. deadline, four p.m., three p.m. I, I think I think it's three p.m. By three p.m., I think March twenty first is the deadline. Three p.m. They're going to try up until that point to trade him. So for everything they can. Here's my question. Let's say they don't get a deal done. Right? He finishes the season as a flyer. He goes over. A I'm starting games. to to lean that way. But. Could you see a situation where he is moved at the at the draft, the night of the draft? I'm not going to put it past him. Um, I could see them moving him in the off season. Yeah, it, like I think people think that if he's not traded now, he'll never be traded. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I would say it's less, much less likely um, because at that point, I think his, his contract is going to be over, and uh, the fact that he's again not w- willing to stay on a sinking ship. Let's be honest. He's willing to stay on a singing ship while for years, right? It's as if as if like he's a ship engineer and he's been keeping it going. A ship captain. And he's been keeping it going and keeping it going, keeping it going. And like, well, engine three failed. Just keep going. He just kept (laughs) pushing and pushing. And he brought him to the playoffs and he drug him to 2018. He had a hundred and some points. Didn't win the first regular season. Didn't win the heart trophy. (laughs) Just lugs his team into the playoffs and they just don't give him anything. And and they get smashed by Pittsburgh. The fact that he's doing all of this, my point is, is that it wouldn't put it past me to take a pay cut to stay with the Philadelphia Flyers. So in the in the in the chance that he stays with the team, he gets here in the offseason, I wouldn't be surprised if he says, All right, I will sign for less money. I will make it work. I don't think he owes us anything. He doesn't need to take a pay cut. If he went to some other city and he got paid a shitload more money, God bless him. Because he deserves that. Mm-hmm. Yet for some reason, a true leader is somebody who's willing to just Put aside their own personal success, put aside their own personal emotions, and try to lead a team for the better of everybody else, and that's what he's doing. But he's not a good leader. He shouldn't be captain. I won't hear it. I won't hear it either. This court won't have it anymore. <laughs> that's it's done. This is not a kangaroo court, all right? No. We will not have it. No. This is a no, Cameron is a no-nonsense judge. Uh, yeah, I am, especially when it comes to talking about Claude Giroux, okay? You want to talk about Claude Giroux? You want, you want to call him some bullshit? Listen, this is what I say to you if you think he shouldn't be captain. It's too much horse shit. All right? It's too much. <laughs> Uh, Unacceptable. Spe- speaking of uh, speaking of things, speaking of the crow that I need to eat, especially me. Not as much you, De- Cameron, but definitely me. Well, uh, me too. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, definitely I, you. I, <laughs> I definitely uh, I ate some hard crow this year. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers traded. I'll say this: the first time I met Eric Reese, I did think this kid knows hockey. He knows hockey. I said it to him on the phone this weekend too. I was like, <laughs> "This kid knows what he's talking about," and he proved it again. Like he always does. I'll tell you what. Something about Eric Reese. You know, the one thing that I can say about him is that he's been a friend to us. You know, ever since of our days at the Fanatic, and uh, he looks out for us as well. Which you know, I'm greatly appreciative. Of, you yes. know, you know the things that he tells us over the times and just the advice that he gives us. Um, he's someone that knows a lot about the industry. He knows a lot about hockey, as you said, and evidently he knows when a trade is a bad trade. And he <laughs> was right. Well, granted, we didn't. 
the argument wasn't the trade for Risto. The argument was simply who Risto is better, over a ghost. Who's a better defenseman for the Flyers? Well, when Risto the Flyers give him six years, six mi- uh, six million, you know, to to build around. Uh, I'm telling you, the day that that breaks, you and I are going to have a just a crap storm of text messages. I, going. I'm going to jump out that window. <laughs> If they if they give him six million dollars a year, you fit, you think you can you, in one motion fit out that window? That's a line, that's a very thin window. If I like, if I like jump and go to the what side. What are you like a surfboard? You're gonna like you know go sideways I out could, of it, dude. I could pull it off. <laughs> you're like if Mac that, if it's open. Yeah, you're like Mac. You know when he's talking about you know, run, you know you're jumping, you know like spraying bullets as he's leaping out the window at Citizens Bank Park. Well, you know this ground is in regulation. Um, no, like <laughs> this ground is in regulation. If you like, if you open the window, probably not. But if you take that window completely out. We move this couch. I get a running start, and then I just dive and twist. <laughs> dive and twist. I, I don't know why you're acting like I, it's. I'm saying I could beat Jordan one on one. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a thin window, I, and I'm a thin man. I'm not saying you're thick. You call me fat. <laughs> I'm not calling you fat. I'm saying even for me, that's too thin. That's too thin. No, you'd make it. You can make that. I've got pudgy belly. No, you'd make that. I get I get sandwiched in between. You need to get some butter. Get me out of there. <laughs> No, I think you'd be fine. Maybe but, not with a bad back, but you'd be. Oh my god! So, is, yeah. you know, I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. All right. Yeah. yeah. I I'm saw you f- doing your stretches downstairs. That wasn't stretches. That was me trying to tolerate the pain. <laughs> but the point anyway, is, getting yes. back to, uh, I, I digress. Right. Um, Shane Gossespierre was traded away from the Flyers this off season in exchange for absolutely nothing, and that's yeah. not that's not hyperbole or anything. No, it was literally. The, yeah. It was nothing. We gave up the yeah. Shane Gossespierre and a second round draft pick to get rid of the cap space. Yes. We bring in Rasmus Ristolainen. We trade a first. We trade a third. We trade Robert Haig, which no one even remembers anymore. And the trade, how did it work out? Well, Shane Gossespierre is on one of the worst teams in hockey, and Rasmus Ristolainen is on one of the worst teams in hockey. So I'd say that the trade made no freaking difference. And so the question becomes, Cameron, should the Flyers have even done that? Should Should they have traded out Shane Gossespierre to bring in a guy like Rasmus Ristolainen. Should they have done it? At this point, no. Because what are we doing? Like, honestly, what are we doing? Eric Reese made a very good point uh, tweeting the other day that Rasmus Ristolainen um, has never even been the best defenseman on a, on a terrible hockey team. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yet, for some reason, we're just we're hearing now that he's turning down their money offers and apparently they're thinking of possibly giving him $6 million a year. And it's it's fucking Andrew McDonald all over again. It certainly feels like, like Andrew McDonald. Like, I agree. Dude, don't get me wrong. I, he has a skill set, and he's good at his skill set. But He's not worth $6 million a year. No, he's not worth $6 million a year. It really, honestly, you don't need to say anything more. That's Period. just what it comes down to. Yeah, you're not worth $6 million when a year. When we got Rasmus, what did you and I talk about? We talked about how the team had been abused all in 2020. and we No thought, identity, no forechecking. They couldn't get the puck out of their zone. And we thought, okay, here comes a guy. That when you come across the blue line, he's going to make you think. Mm-hmm. He's going to make you think when you're in the corner. Yeah. Cameron, it's not even that he's weak. I don't think he's a, he's, no, he he's not, a he's, tough guy. Yeah, he's just, yeah. But he didn't change anything. Yeah. My, our, my, our identity is still the same, as in we have nothing. To that point you just made, um, every time you watch the Flyers, do you do you feel strength when, when another team enters the offensive zone? I feel apathy. Right. Because they walk right in. They walk right in, and then they score a goal, and then someone's out there on Twitter blaming Carter Hart. Right. <laughs> so the point is that Eric Reese, I'm here to say on my own show, I was wrong, and you were right. I have to own the cell because yeah, and I do too. Gonna, I don't want to make you you know fall on the sword by yourself. You were the most vocal. You were brave. If I'm going to be a credible, you were so brave. If I'm going to be a credible you know podcaster, I be willing to take it. You know when I'm wrong. And yeah. in this case, yeah. I could not have been more wrong. Rasmus Ristolainen, that experiment has not gone the way that I thought it would. While Shane Gosper, I don't think changes anything on this team. You can't deny the fact that you know it would be nice to have a. Fir- it would have been nice to have that first round pick. It would be nice to have that third round pick. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you don't have the trouble of having to offer a seven foot, a, a, a freaking lurch, six million dollars per year on a six year deal. Now I've been, now I've recently seen some reports that it's not actually going to be six million. Thank God, <laughs> watch it's going to be like nine point five million. Right. <laughs> that's just that's just that's just Flyers fans' luck. No, even like dude, even 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 four and a half would be too much for me. Depending on how long it is. Like, also, what are we paying yeah. him for? Are we paying him to be the number one defense? Because I defenseman. Because I thought we had a guy in that Ryan Ellis. Oh wait, Ryan Ellis is out, and he's like, is he ever going to come back? We have no idea. Again, 
I still would make that trade nine times out of nine. I'm not going to 10th time because if you're asking me a 10th time, I'm just going to jump out that small window. Well, the Ryan Ellis trade is like we lost Phil Myers and we lost Nolan Patrick. Well, which they have done, done anything. So like that one doesn't really hurt. As and much. I actually believe I, I believe Ryan Ellis can be back next year. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Like, I'm going to choose be, to be optimistic about that one. I think I'll be back, but given his age, it makes me nervous coming back after a whole year off with an injury. Well, you can look worried. at it like that, or you can look at it as you know, year to refresh. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm really trying to be half glass full kind I of know, guy right dude. now. No, I know, and it's hard. But like again, you know me. I always talk about the Ryan Tannehill in 2016. You know, just get the surgery kind of thing. And uh, I don't didn't. know if he needs surgery, but like, you know, my always my mentality is like, just just fix it, and then. What even no matter how long it's going to take for him to recover, just get it fixed. Just get it fixed. It'll be worth it. Just get it fixed. Yeah. Take the pain. It's fine. Because if you don't let him get it fixed, he's just going to let it linger. It's going to take even longer. He's going to come back. He's going to get rehurt again. We saw it with Kevin Hayes. We saw it with uh, Deshaun Jackson two years ago. Oh my God! Just give Deshaun him the surgery, Jackson. and by the time he's back, you'll be able to use him again, and he'll be able to help you in the playoff push or whatever it was. And, uh, yeah, that's what makes me kind of a little bit nervous with Ryan Ellis. Off topic, but, it was you know. really funny. So, uh, when they signed Deshaun Jackson back, the Eagles did, I was so happy. I was oh, so was, elated. Yeah. I think so a lot of hype. Philadelphia was. And then that first game, and he catches two deep bombs for touchdowns. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, Dude, here the, we go. The first training camp videos that came out where Wentz was hitting them, like, deep. It was just, mm-hmm. like, hoo-hoo. And then that Atlanta game, <laughs> where 20 minutes before the game starts, him, Dallas Goddard, Alshon Jeffrey, all out. And you never saw Deshaun Jackson again after no, that. Never again. And Cameron was so on it, it wasn't even funny. He was just like, dude, you're going to have him for like six games, and that'll be it. And then I was like, Cameron, you don't know what you're talking about. Cameron knew what he was talking about. Listen, I I, I like Deshaun Jackson. I, I do under- too. I understand. I talked to his mother once. Very nice woman. Oh, yeah? Yes, oh. very, very nice woman. Right, well, she's probably not going to like what I'm about to say. Um, I think he was he was a great receiver. He's a great deep threat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at one point he was the best deep threat for probably a good five to six stretch yeah, period in the yeah. NFL. I I don't really respect the deep threat. Not a Tyree Kill? You don't really respect that? I respect that you can stretch the field, but Tyree Kill is an exception because he's catching everything. And also he has Mahomes throwing to him, and that helps a lot too. Um, other than that, though, you're going to beat, you're going to win me a couple regular season games, and then you're where you're going to be gone. You're going to stretch the field. That's all you're going to do, in my opinion. And for me, like Deshaun Jackson, I thought he was great. I also thought he dropped a shitload of balls when he was with the Eagles the first time. He also made a bunch of dumb mistakes, dropping the ball at the one-yard line, that kind of bullshit. And that one will never be – I will always follow him. Because he did it twice. He did it twice. I actually do – here's the thing. I would disagree with you about the dropping of the balls aspect. He he did have some drops. 2011 was a bad year for him because he had the contract issue, and he even admitted as much that that distracted him. But Deshaun Jackson really was a reliable target for Donovan McNabb, for Michael Vick, for Kirk Cousins, for Robert Griffin III, for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then eventually for Carson Wentz for the couple games that Wentz had that got the chance to have him. I think that the the drops pass the drop passes thing is a little bit overblown, and I'm gonna have to now try and back up whatever stats I can. I'm looking. <laughs> Are you, are you looking I'm at that? I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> so for his career, oh, he caught shit. so for he caught 56.1 percent of the balls that were thrown to him. Now, what's not included in this statistic is how many he dropped. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is weird because drops is an NFL. It is an NFL stat. That's what I'm. Yeah, yep. I'm looking for the same thing. So yeah. we both talked a bunch of shit without any research or back. Well, I'm going me. off of memory, so me, I'm just yeah, you know yeah. obviously nah, me too. Me I to, too. to be fair, I probably watched a little bit more of Deshaun than you did because. You did. Obviously, you're a Dolphins fan. No, that's 100% fair. You definitely mm-hmm. do. And I just don't remember drops being a big part of his time in Philadelphia. Now, you, a lot of people might say 56.1%. That's not a lot. Well, you have to consider the fact that, one, sometimes there's overthrows. Sometimes oh, yeah. there's underthrows. Yeah. You know, sometimes you do drop the pass. And also, Deshaun Jackson, he had a couple different skills. He had the guy who was going to go right down the field. So, sometimes you were just going to overthrow him. But also, he was a crossing route guy. He was a guy that comes out on a, like a, on a you know ten yard curl route, and then he catches a low ball, and you know you get first down. But mm-hmm. uh, Deshaun Jackson, I don't know why we're on this now, but the point is we are <laughs> because now I'm determined. How many drops did Deshaun Jackson have? Maybe did, maybe did. Hold on, I hold on, wrong. I got it. Okay, yep, hit me with it. So this is f- this is bullshit. Okay, because the advanced stats don't start until 2018. <laughs> So I we have on okay. we have on record Deshaun Jackson His has last four years right 
has five drops in three years. Right, right. Yeah. I, I can't. I'm not even going to stick by that. I'm no. not even going to yeah. stick by that. Yeah, yeah. To, to put a bow on it at all, Eric, if you want to come on the show at any point, rub it in my face a little bit more. Maybe take some dirt from outside, you know, Cameron's, you know, uh, abode, and just rub it right in my face. There's a lot of it. There's a construction site across. I was going to say you could get to pick up some rusty nails as well. Yeah. Uh, I've earned it, and I will own that, and I'll move on. Yes. Um, but you know, staying in the NHL for a sec. Yeah, I don't even know how we like where we originally began with that. I know it's when I'm editing, I'll f- I'll be able to tell I, you. <laughs> I know it started with Risto, and then it just it went off the rails. It's like Wikipedia rabbit holes. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. I, what I did make a scathing statement about a beloved Eagles wide receiver. I so, had to stand you know, up for my guy. I get it. I have his jersey. No, I get it. Uh, so sticking in the NHL, one thing that I've kind of thought about a lot this year is, mm-hmm. you know, who would be a guy that would make the Flyers just truly great automatically? And then I think, you know, who are the best players in the NHL? Who's the best player in the world today? Yeah, and, and not not like of this era. No, just today. Today, who right is the best player in hockey? Yeah, on February. Or it's not February. What the hell am I talking about? On March 3rd, 2022, who is the best player? And Cameron, I'm interested to see where we go with this. Yes. I'm interested to see what you say first. Yeah. Because there might be a chance, a ever rare opportunity, we might actually disagree on something. Yeah. We just did. We, Sean Jackson. Absolutely. You're we kind of cracked the ice a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in your opinion, obviously watching the players you've watched, who do you think is the best all-around hockey player in the world today? Right now. Right now. It's a very boring answer. Very boring. Connor McDavid. You go Connor McDavid. Yeah. Connor McDavid, actually a bit of a low, a season low for him right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he was on pace for like 9,000 points in just 50 <laughs> games the other yeah. year. And uh, this year, uh, before the game against the Flyers, he had 28 goals, 47 assists. He had 75 points in 52 games. This is a down year, by the way. Yeah, right. It's a down year. And I'm, I'm saying strictly off of just personal individual skill. I'm not talking about the overall um, – Impact on a hockey team, mm-hmm. right? I'm talking about just personal, individual skill. That's how I'm I'm ranking that. So you go with Connor McDavid. Yes. So for me, I do disagree. I knew you were going to go with it because, like, that's Connor McDavid is kind of like the easy answer. Now, right? Connor McDavid is probably my favorite hockey player. Yeah. I, I do love Connor McDavid, yeah, yeah. but I do not think he is the best player in the world right now. Right. In my opinion, I think of one guy who is leading the charge up north. I think of the best skater I've ever seen. A guy that is skates so strong. A guy that creates the sickest assists, like he is a Ben Simmons, scores the craziest goals, right, and has some of the best talent around him to help to you know for him to be able to you know get these accumulate these points. It's not like he's playing with Tyler Pitlick all the time, right? And I go with the Toronto Maple Leafs yeah, guy, Austin Matthews, yeah, the best player in the world. And you know what? You know when I thought that Cameron, hmm. when we sat down and watched that game together at the mm-hmm. Wells Fargo Center. <laughs> Playing the Toronto Maple Leafs, my first chance ever to watch Austin Matthews. Yeah, me too. Me and too. I'll t- I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the, my first genuine thought to all of this was, this is the best skater I've ever watched in my life. Right. Connor McDavid is the fastest skater. The way that he's able to get around edges is unbelievable. But when Austin Matthews is hurtling up ice, it is a freight train. You need to watch out. And then he can change directions on a dime. The way he sets himself up in the offensive zone, the way he distributes the puck. Yeah. The way he leads that team up in Toronto, that to me, that guy's the best player in the world. I, I, I just don't see how anyone can look at that and be like, I think there's someone out there better. Right. Should we start the music? We can start the music. Okay. All right. Because um, there's one major thing that I, I disagree with you with. The skating. Okay. Now, granted, I understand what you're saying, right? Like, Because you saw Austin Matthews, and I saw him too, and I commented and said the same thing when we were watching him because we were together. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I've never seen a guy move the way he can move. Um, if that's your main basis, you've never seen Connor McDavid in person either. So you watch him in person, then we can revisit this. <laughs> but let's be honest, dude. I mean, you watch that clip against him with against uh, Morgan Riley in Toronto from a couple years ago where he literally snapped that man's ankles. Watch this guy's highlights, any of them. He makes Datsuk look like he's crossing the ice and a walker that's how ridiculous this dude's skating is his hands unbelievable now the whole leading a team y- you got me there because at the moment currently the Edmonton Oilers haven't had a lot of success um but neither have the Toronto Maple Leafs they really haven't had a lot of success either now Austin Matthews has his amazing four goal game that he started off his career with which is outstanding but I, I, my counter is, dude, I, I, when I look at Connor McDavid, like, I say the same thing. I say, how could anybody look at this guy 
and say that somebody's better. He can go up against four New York Ranger defensemen and just slide through them. Which we've seen. Just slide through. No one, listen, no one's going to question that he is the best finesse skater. And you're talking about you talking about passing? I got 48 assists from Connor McDavid. I got 31 from Austin Matthews. I got you. I got you, but here's the thing. You talk about finesse. You talk about weaving his way through, you know, a bunch of uh, defenders. And by the way, we are impressed by what he did against Morgan Riley. We are impressed by what he did against the uh, New York Rangers. But when you talk about power, I want power when I'm talking about skating. I think about Keith Primo, a guy that charged right at you, and you all all you could do was back up because he was going to come right at you. Austin Matthews charges at you, and you have no choice but to either try and make a play on the puck or make the bold risk of trying to play the body, which none of it ever ends up well. That guy can charge through any defense. He can put a puck anywhere that Connor McDavid can put a puck through. And you mentioned the 31 assists, which is down from Connor McDavid's 48. I get that part. But you're also talking about a guy that has the ability. He makes plays off of the puck that make it less so with his assists. He finds the guy in the neutral zone, which creates an opportunity for Mitch Marner up the middle. He finds John Tavares on the power play, who finds you know Morgan Riley up top for a one-time slap shot. His, sla- his assist won't always be there because he is the one, he is the quarterback of that power play. He mm. makes it mm. so that there mm-hmm. is no way that the defense can keep up with him. He's got one of the best slap shots I've ever seen. He does. And it's a beautiful slap shot. Not only that, it's beautiful. And as much as it pains to say me, I think he might have the best mustache. Oh, he definitely does. In the, all of hockey. That's not what this debate is. This is not a debate. I just wanted to throw it in there that I absolutely love his mustache. He's got the best mustache. We'll agree with that. He's got the hottest drip. His outfits are outstanding. <laughs> it, is, it is pretty incredible. He's got style. But He's the question is, who would make the Flyers an immediate Stanley Cup contender of those two? <laughs> well, both of them. Um, definitely. But here, okay, my, my other counter to your thing before we get into the Flyers is, like, you're right. He could dish it out to John Tavares. He could flip it over to Mitch Marner. He could flick it back to Morgan Riley. Other than Leon Dreisaitl, who's Connor McDavid giving it to? Evander Kane? <laughs> okay, so then Connor has to do it by himself. But I don't know. In terms of, like, adding to the Flyers... I don't know, dude. It's it's. I can't even answer that because the Flyers are so goddamn bad. So I. That it's like adding anybody would make would, them significantly would, better. So they, like it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's like who would they had Tyler Pitlick. This team would be better. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I just, it's, it's, just it's off of a whim. That. Off of a whim. Yeah. I decided to look up the the points leading scorers for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, yeah. So it's Connor McDavid with seventy seven. It's Leon Drysaddle with seventy six. Yeah, seventy six. And then third place. Is Ryan Nugent Hopkins with 37 points? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, see, I didn't that, know that. That makes me laugh a little bit, actually. Um, and it's then, those two. That team is those two. And and well, is, that's is why they're never going to go anywhere. They have a better yeah. goalie tandem now than I think they did. Remember when they lost that bubble series to the Calgary Flames? It was really bad. And I was, or no, who they, no, they lost to the Blackhawks because there was a fight and the Blackhawks were Yeah, the, the Blackhawks went in, I think, with a losing a sub. 500 record. Remember when I picked them <laughs> to go to the cup that year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a mistake by you. Uh, I just It's just a day yeah. of mistakes for me. It's just That's why point. I kind of find it interesting that you you didn't have McDavid. I knew you weren't going to have McDavid because you're a contrarian, and that's what I love about you. Um, <laughs> Honestly. But you that got, was interesting because like that he was like your big reason from back then where you were like, that's my the team. The reason why I still love the Edmonton Oilers is because of Connor McDavid. If Connor oh, McDavid yeah, goes to There's the no Calgary. reason. I mean. He is just, he is magic. Other than Dreisaitl. I just think that, you know, when I look at like an all-around complete player, I just think, you know, Austin Matthews, he is just someone that he commands an ice like no one ever. He is a field general like I've never seen before. He is, no. And, and, and yeah, we definitely picked that up. He's one of those players who, in his defense of, because when Connor McDavid touches the puck, like when you watch, when you Google Connor McDavid, the shit you see is unbelievable, right? But... We can't really speak to how he plays off the puck because we haven't seen him, but we can for Austin Matthews. And that, I agree with you. I remember saying it to you at the game. Maybe you said it to me. We just said it to each other. It was probably just a conversation about it. Was watching him, like how I used to watch Claude Giroux when I first would go to games, Yeah. watch watch him when he's not with the puck. Watch what he's doing. It's outstanding. It's 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 a master class. It's, you know what? We got to go to a Flyers-Edmonton game at some point. We do. Because I want to see what he looks like off the puck. Because I'm... Maybe I come out of that game and I'm like, you know what? You're right. You 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 got me. Or maybe I'll say it. Yeah, right. But yeah. I will say that you know, as far as the overall better team, I think Austin Matthews definitely benefits from having guys like a Mitch Marner, John Tavares, a William Nylander, Morgan Riley. They've got they've got Alexander Kerfoot, who's got only got eight goals, but he's got 30 assists. You know, they have a team that yeah. 
The, the team's built well. That's why it's kind of so. That's embarrassing. why they're thirty-five and fifteen. Yeah, that's why it's so embarrassing that they're 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 not more successful because it's built extremely well. Well, it's the curse of Howard ba- Harold Ballard. Howard Ballard, yeah, son of a bitch. That's take, son take, of a bitch. Take, take a look back to our old podcast about Harold Ballard. If it's you're great. Interested. You, you'll love it. You won't get depressed at all. He wasn't a piece of shit at all, right? Um, but no, and I I, I really like the um the point that you made about Austin Matthews' physicality. That is something that he absolutely has an edge over on Connor McDavid. Harold, why'd you take down the Queen Elizabeth's portrait? <laughs> I don't pay her. Or she, I don't. She doesn't pay me. I pay her. Besides, what the hell position does a queen play anyway? That's uh, awesome. That's the only. You, that's you, you loved him highlight. for that one. I did. That was the only highlight that he had for me. He was like, she <laughs> everything else was low lights. Because I totally agreed with that. <laughs> Just like, why would I like? You know, we should we have a thing of Roger Goodell in inside of the link. It's like have a thing of Joe Biden at Citizens Bank Park. Why? It's like, come on, why would we do that? Why? Um, I'm sorry. Is he returning punts? Exactly. He's not even a ball boy here. For Christ's sake! Come on, get him out of here. Stop. So are you ready to end on a, on a happy note? Yes. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers played a couple basketball games over the past week, and you yep. know they've gone and they they did something. You know they traded for mm-hmm. the beard, and if you haven't heard it yet, Matt Cord's introduction of James Harden is just unbelievable. Uh, for those who don't know, Matt Cord is the inst- actually Matt Cord is the public address announcer for the Philadelphia 76ers. And one thing that I've really taken after Matt, you know, when I do my public address announcing up at Penn State Harrisburg is I try and be a lot like Matt Cord because it really does it really does me, you know, service. And I'm trying to find it right now, Matt Cord. Um let's see if I can find this. Me as well. If you if you do find it, send it to me. Um I'll find it. Oh, this is really cool. So I'm trying to find the same thing that you're trying to find. And I popped up an article on the Philly Voice. Didn't even look who wrote it. And then I took a look down by Seamus Clancy. That's pretty cool. Good, Yeah, con- big congratulations to Seamus, you know, getting his position with Philly Voice. Seamus has been good to us. A f- f- friend of the show, mm-hmm. uh, Seamus Clancy. Yes, yeah, come on. Yep. Hold yep. on, hold on. I got it. Did you? Mm-hmm. That's just awesome. That was good too, because he. The thing is, like, you have to be louder than the crowd, and you they're do. freaking out at that. Oh point. yeah. So you got to keep you got to keep that cadence, which is hard to do while while increasing your volume, which is risky. Exactly, because it's that's that's where the register starts to change. Mm-hmm. It's and hard to do. You, that's where you can crack your voice. Like, see, 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 co- see, see, commentators. We understand. This. We do, and but so the people, the especially people especially as a public address announcer who does this on a much lower scale. That's why you have us. Because we can inform the people. Exactly. And we can tell them that. That was very impressive. That was. that He did a great job impressive. on that. Very simple. Yeah. Uh, James Harden, yeah. he shows up to the 76ers. What have they done oh. since they got him? Oh. They're winning, baby. They're just winning. Oh, he's won daddy some money. He's won daddy some money. <laughs> he almost just, won you more money last, uh, last he night. He almost did. He, dude, I was almost up to 400 some dollars off of James Harden if from I, last night. One you, assist away from buying up 400. Damn you, Isaiah Joe. Now, granted, I'm, I'm up $150, which I'm still happy about. Um, you're gonna fade. Yeah. You gotta fade yourself out now. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I have a system that I, I'll get into another time. Um, but yeah. No, dude. He's he's the shit, right? I mean, look. Granted, it, it was the Knicks twice and the Timberwolves. But again, we're gonna see over the next two weeks how they're gonna be able to do against tougher competition. However, I think the whole oh they're not playing against anybody. This is just. This is just This is larcenous. It's 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 too much horseshit. Firstly, they beat the Cavaliers and the Bucks without James Harden. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. This is and, what I'm saying. And so you're talking about a team that's already beaten some of the best pl- teams in the East. They have split their season series so far with the Miami Heat. They're one and one against them. They've beaten the Celtics this season, although they got trounced by them the other week. That was the quote-unquote scheduled loss uh, said by Yeah, Doc I mean because it was it was the press conference day all the shit. But no, you're right. Like Let's be honest, dude. In the last week, we didn't really get into it because we we don't we don't really care for it because we're in Philadelphia and we we know we know what's up, mm-hmm. okay. Um, but the national media is just is just it's ridiculous. Kendrick Perkins seems to be the only ally that the Sixers have with this trade. Yeah, yes. Kendrick Perkins has said the Sixers are the best team in the East. Now, obviously, Kendrick Perkins he formulates his own opinions, and whether you believe that he actually means what he's saying is totally up to you. I personally don't, but he's our only ally, seemingly. Stephen yeah. A. Smith went from this is the worst trade in Philadelphia sports history. I would rather have the Eagles you know, traded back yes. for Marcus Smith than you know uh, the Sixers trade for Harden to 
one game of James Harden, and Stephen A. was like, this guy's like the greatest thing that's ever happened to the 76ers. For those who don't know, Stephen A. Smith actually has some experience covering a star basketball athlete in Philadelphia. He was the 76ers beat writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer in 2001 when Allen Iverson took the team to the NBA Finals. No, a lot of, a lot of people give Stephen A. Smith a lot of shit because he's, he's definitely this hot take guy. Oh, that's that's yeah. where he makes his money. Um, but Stephen A. Smith has been – I mean, this guy was sending in articles to yep. local newspapers – for years, not he, getting anything. He, and he is as legit as they come. The I, dude has busted his ass from the ground level up to get to where he is. And when he first shat on the trade, he wasn't exactly saying the Sixers are going to be worse. He, he understood why Sixers fans were excited. In his defense, what he was saying was, you could have just waited and signed him in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Which maybe is true. But at the same time, like, well, we do got to get Ben Simmons off the books. It's this whole but there's thing. Another, yeah. And there's another aspect to this. Are you going to throw away yet another MVP caliber season right. with Joel Embiid? Right. You don't know how many more of those you've got. You don't. Especially not, like, for any player, especially not a big man. Mm-hmm. Right. It just, and, and by the way, you're going to wait until James Harden's another year older to get him? Right. The time was now. And what has this I done agree. since he's been here? Well, Joel Embiid's still putting up great numbers, and he's still, you know, getting he's getting to the line a ton. James Harden's getting to the line a ton. But. The unexpected result of this, yeah, which a lot of people, when initially he, he was traded for, people made fun of for. He's like, oh, this guy's never going to get the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tyrese, oh, Ma- yeah. Tyrese Maxey has become a phenom on the court. I love a kid who picks zero as their number. I love a guy who picks zero. He is Kid's a stud, unbelievable. His game the other the last night against the Knicks. I mean. He had four points at halftime. Yep. And they asked him, you know, you know, what kind of helped jumpstart his game. I have it. I have the clip. Go ahead, play it. James, this is what James Harden said. It's James Harden sat him down. He said, young man. I want to see people rip their heart out of their fucking chest. <laughs> but. What he did say, though, he asked. You going to show up tonight? He just, are you going to play tonight? And what does Tyrese Maxey do? He goes from four points. Crushes. And he scores 21 in the second half. Helps the Sixers put the Knicks away. They win that game. Tyrese Maxey, he might be a budding superstar that we have in Philadelphia. And my my question during the night as I was watching this kid explode and I'm thinking about, oh, my God, you know, we have James Harden, we have Joel Embiid. My first question was, how are we going to pay for this guy when it comes time yeah. to do it? <laughs> yeah, they're talking about him possibly getting a max contract. I'd give it to him now. Like, it, it could happen. Um, I, I would not give him a super max. Right. Because you can save a super. I would give him a max slot and then hopefully jo- – uh, James Harden means what he says when he says that he's yeah. he's gonna just opt in for the, his forty seven million next year. I like how he said, oh, just, "Can you please just take your forty seven million dollars?" I mean, uh, yeah, I think it might right. be worth fifty, man. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, well, he might be in, in a basketball world. Yeah, I would <laughs> yeah, say he was. He gets the Sixers a title. He can have eighty million for all I care. Right, but no, apparently, yeah, apparently that's the rumor is that he's willing to take take a pay cut and they're gonna try to bring in a third star. Maybe I don't know. It's big theory. Um, but what's really cool about Tyrese Maxey is, you know, we loved him. All of, pretty much all of Philadelphia loved him. Pretty much the moment they drafted him, I remember the day of the draft when they picked him, and I remember hearing you know analysts saying like, "Oh, the Sixers got a steal with this kid." Yeah, and I remember just thinking like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." And then that went from like, "Oh, they kind of got a steal in the draft," to he became a guy where people were looking at him and like, "Oh, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what how great he's going to be all all together, but we do know he could be a piece on a team. He could be a guy who comes off the bench. To he could be a starting point guard. To he might be part of the big three of this team." I posted it on Twitter. A photo that ESPN put up, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey. That is the Philly big three. And then I retweeted, I posted a photo of what it was like in Miami when they had LeBron James and Dwayne Mm -hmm. Wade and Chris Bosh, which looking back on it, that's actually not the best big three you could possibly find. No, because, dude, like if you think about it, like Chris Bosh was kind of – He was good. He was in a Tobias Harris role, I would say, his equivalent. Like he's putting up – he was putting up, you know – 15 points, maybe. He would score when you need him to. He played his role really well. You know. But the Sixers are now 6-1. and one. They're, Firstly, they're 22-7 and seven in their last 29 games. They're 6-1 and one since the Harden trade. I think people don't talk about the Sixers as a legitimate finals contender for three reasons. One, a lot of people seem to think that this is their down year. They were the number one seed last year. They, they did not start out the I, season very well. I do got to say, in the beginning of the season, not now, not within the last month, not even the last two months, in the beginning of the season, you were one of those guys. I was. I said, I don't think I can even watch this team. You I was did. T- I was too devastated over Atlanta, and I was too hurt over Simmons. Just He wasn't going to be there. Yeah. And I said, this is going to be the year that it all fought. they're never going to win a title with this guy. And then once it all became a possibility that they could get James Harden, I was screaming for that deal to happen. You did, yes. You got into it. You did. Yeah. And now that it's here, and now that it's real, 
I'm telling you right now, this team, they don't have just have a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Final. Are they better than the Miami Heat? In my opinion, yes. Are they better than the Chicago Bulls? In my opinion, yes. Are they better than the Milwaukee Bucks? Maybe. I that's, don't know. Yeah, to me, that's, that, that'll be a big one. Them and the Heat are the ones. Are they I'm better than Cleveland? Yes. Are yeah. they better than Boston? Yes. Are they better than Toronto? Yes. Are they better than Brooklyn? You bet your ass they I was, are. I was like, wait, you're, there's one you're missing. <laughs> well, because you know uh, why? Do you know why I'm, I, I got to Brooklyn when I did? Brooklyn's eighth. In the East, yeah, they're thirty-two and thirty-one. There's, there's a very real possibility they're the first team the Sixers play in the playoffs. It's a very real possibility, which and would be unbelievable. Ben Simmons is not going to play on March tenth. He's got a back issue. It's yeah. called mm-hmm. his back is is the back is saying, "Oh my God, James Harden's really good." Yeah, what is going to happen? Because they want to protect this guy from Philly, right? You can't protect him in a seven-game series, especially if you're the road team for four of those seven games. Mm-hmm. A lot more likely four. And that's the thing, dude. Like, you know... I mean, they're going to pretty much do, in my in my opinion, what I, what they should do is what the Miami Heat was doing last year to Ben Simmons. They weren't, they weren't pressing him. Not Miami just, Heat, the uh, Atlanta Hawks. Well, no, they did, but I'm talking about the Miami Heat. What they, How they would literally just hold hands. They would oh, hold hands right, inside yeah. the paint, and they'd be like, go ahead. Go, go, yeah, shoot it. Shoot it, man. Please do. Because we know you're not going to do it. I mean, a lot... A Hack lot, the shit out of him. I mean, it really... Foul him. It's I gonna, don't care. It's going to have to become a thing. And you know what? He's Listen, maybe I'm the dumb one. Maybe Ben Simmons comes out and he's able to hit his foul shots in the playoffs. That could always happen. But yeah. here's what I know is not going to happen. Ben Simmons did not take this time to get better at basketball. Ben Simmons was living up his life in Los Angeles. And this is the part which always hurt me the most. I thought Ben Simmons embraced Philadelphia. He did not embrace Philadelphia. I no. don't know if he really embraces basketball. What I do know, though, is that that first moment that Ben Simmons drives inside and Joel Embiid is right there, Embiid might get called for a flagrant one. Because if you don't think he's not going to take his hand and try and slap the absolute crap out of Ben Simmons' hands when he has that basketball in his hand, you don't know Joel Embiid. Like, there's there's so much to it. That's the thing. Like, there's so much to it. Like, he abandoned the team. He and, did. And he abandoned Joel. Exactly. That's That's the thing. Like... I honestly, I, I do think the Brooklyn Nets will be a better team than they were with Ben Simmons on it, right? Because James Harden, he was in, he was in a similar situation over there where he was kind of already out the door. Yeah, he was over. We don't know entirely what it was, but he was definitely over probably Kyrie's shit of not being there half the time. Mm-hmm. Um, KD, KD was, hurt, was hurt all the time. Was hurt a lot, and also kind of KD's supposed to be this the leader of this team. Essentially, that's kind of what I, I would gather. I think we should all. It's fair to say he's the leader of the team. Um, and he kind of you know wasn't pushing. Kyrie to do you know to, to be ready for these games and I, I think that James Harden wants to win a championship and he realized throughout this season and last season specifically in this season it's not gonna happen here it's not gonna happen here due to the mentality of the players on this team so he wanted to get out but the whole Ben Simmons thing he's going to improve their defense they have Seth Curry who's going to be able to make up at least the deep threat that James Harden had the thing is James Harden has everything Seth Curry doesn't. He has a deep Seth Curry has a is one of the better three point shooters I've ever seen. He yeah. is a I have nothing against Seth. He's oh, a great yeah. player. And seeing Love him. him burn a three against us, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. Um but yeah, I think their team, I mean, you, you, let's be honest. They have Kyrie Irving, they have Ke- Kevin Durant. Um, and then you have a great defender, an outstanding all star defender in Ben Simmons now, which they didn't have before. That's a that's a problem you're gonna have to deal with. So I think they're gonna end up pretty good. Um, I think they're gonna be a problem. However, I do think the Sixers should be able to handle them. And I the whole thing of, like, I, I don't blame Joel Embiid for being unhappy. Because Joel Embiid sacrificed himself for over the span of a year throughout this entire offseason in defense of Ben Simmons. He came out here earlier this season, and he said, we know we're going through some shit right now, but Ben is our brother, and we need to support him. And we need you to support him as well. He put himself on the line. To encourage a fan base that hated a guy to give him more And he of a got chance. booed for that. And he did. But he did it because he's the leader of a team. And guess what? When Ben Stiller didn't show up, Joel finally did what any any sane person would do. He goes, you know what? Forget it. Just forget it. And the other thing, too, is knowing the backstory of, like, when he went out there to say that to address the crowd the way he did. We all know the backstory. We know that half the team went out to L.A. to visit him. We know. Tried to. Yeah, we know that he ignored them. We know he ignored their phone calls or text messages. Was told, they t- he told them, don't even bother. Don't, don't even bother, bother showing up. Me. And then he had the nerve in that, in that, in that woman's ESPN report. Yeah, and yeah, I don't even yeah. want to, I don't even remember her name anymore. But I'll tell you she what. She was great, actually. She, she wrote really well. But, but she, in that report that she puts out, he was upset that they didn't just come see him anyway. 
like, this is such high school crap. He's such a baby. He's such an immature player that I have no desire to see him succeed on any level. I don't want to see him on all NBA defense. I don't want to see him get defensive player of the year. I never, never want to see him lift the Larry O'Brien trophy. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And, like, I, I have a benefit. Like, I, I give people the benefit of the doubt a lot. Naively. I know it's naively. Especially athletes. I, I do it naively because the they're human and a lot, there's a lot of sports fans that are crazy out there and that say some very mean things to people. Um, but I don't have a problem with Ben Simmons um, not wanting to shoot the ball. Right, like I do, but I don't. Right, that's not my main issue with him. I don't have a problem with him being upset about things. I don't have a problem with him his emotions taking effect of things. I don't have a problem with him having his feelings hurt. What I have a problem with is the lack of accountability. Oh yeah, is the lack of you saying, well, maybe I could have improved here too. Maybe I could have done something to 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 improve this situation because the Sixers, at least the team, I'm not sure about the organization, but the team and its coach gave you every opportunity. They worked hard to try to get you back into the fold. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that you weren't taking accountability for what you did wrong. Despite the fact that you weren't taking accountability for how you caused a loss in the game. And never have. And never, never have, have accepted responsibility. When asked about the whole missing the shot and Joel Embiid, he says, you know what he says? Well, in the in the playoff series against Toronto, I mean, or playoff series against Miami, Joel Embiid wasn't doing anything. He lost that series. But that's not the question, man. You did pass up on an easy layup, dunk. dunk layup. I mean, yeah, you're six eleven, you're six ten, so it should have been a dunk. And you're going up against six foot freaking one Trey Young. That's what you did. Joel Embiid had nothing to do with with what happened right there in that moment. And yet, still, this guy is putting himself into the fire publicly to try to back you up. And yet, you still shut the door on him. Mm. Have fun in Brooklyn. Have fun, seriously. Guess I what? I hope this the ship sinks. And everybody in New York media talking about how Philadelphia is a terrible place to be and how we're all assholes and I forgot, the, I forgot the part where New York media, New York fans are so forgiving. Right. Let's be honest. You're upset because you lost James Harden. You are. For two bench players and a guy who may or may not show up. And when he does, he's definitely not going to shoot the ball. We don't need him. We got Kyrie and KD. Okay. Cool. Guess what? Katie's played in like 30% of the possible games he's played in the last two years with you guys. Not concerned. Yeah. So, have fun. Enjoy Brooklyn. It's a crap city anyway. Those two are going to have to start working way harder. Absolutely. Way harder. And for that, brings a close to the Fly Guys podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter, at Fly Guys Podcast, at Goodard Justin, at Cameron Klein 15. Be happy. Be healthy. Wear your masks if you're allowed. If you have to, hey, Philadelphia lifted the mask mandate. I don't have to wear masks at work anymore. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and as always, let's go Sixers, and of course, let's go Flyers. Yeah, why not?